Yeah, your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters, yo. Your mental matters ain't a simple pattern. We need to have a central chatter. Food for thought, grab a platter. My mental ain't for rental. I'm a central man, it's simple. I'm a ripple in the rip though. I don't wanna sick my ship, so gotta know your mental. Black life is hard, I don't resent though. Feelings really real, we should present those. Talk about it, you should know your mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters, yeah. What up, though? What up, though? Good night. <laughs> you gonna do me like that? I am. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna do you straight like that. I expected it, though. <sighs> what so, up? I was gonna say to put it out there. Put it well, well since we're here, damn it. Yeah. So, this will happen, right? Here we go. I'm gonna just set my Gatorade. Here we go. So, we're recording after work on a Friday. After work, work. Yeah, after work, work. And so. I go to take a nap. We're not recording until 9, right? So I go to take a nap around 6.45, 7 o'clock-ish. Set my alarm for it. <laughs> Richard, he's enjoying his Gatorade. It says the Fruit Punch Gatorade. I go to set my alarm, and I set it for 8.30, because it takes me 20 minutes to get to the studio. So I'm like, all right, I got 10 minutes buffer. I already know what I'm wearing. Be out the door. So I wake up, and the room is, like, pitch dark. And I'm like... As soon as I wake up, I'm like, I overslept. It was just one of those things where it's like you got too much sleep and you you know that like you messed up or whatever. Like, I immediately woke up and yelled like, I knew this was gonna happen. And Gabrielle was like, What? I thought you left already. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, What time is it? And it's like, uh. So yeah, <laughs> a whole hour later, I'm here. It is approximately 9.59 <laughs> Eastern Standard Time, everybody. Yep. <sighs> Ending Black History Month with a bang <laughs> on CP time. <laughs> what up, though, everybody? Proper Inferno from Detroit. It's your boy, Rich, with Jarrell. Yep. Bringing you the 43rd edition of the Mental Matters Podcast. Yep. Here to properly end toxic masculinity and get rid of the trash in our life. Mm-hmm. So, um... <laughs> I, I still love you, bro. But <laughs> if you would have took ten minutes more, yeah, you might have to wake me up. Cause, Dang. well, yeah. Let's just say this last twenty four hours hasn't been kind to me either. So I feel you. Okay. Whew. So, so y'all understand what we on right now? That's Jarrell's trial and testimony. <laughs> I am getting over a twenty four hour bug. Mm-hmm. That was the most trash bullshit I've ever been through in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I'm at work, and immediately, like after like the morning, like the you know that first hour of the day where it's your coffee time, basically. Yeah. After that, I didn't even get coffee. Mm-hmm. I usually have a hard boiled egg and like some turkey sausage. Okay. I got this hard boiled egg in my hand. I'm like, I don't want to eat this right now, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. Okay. The next, like, three hours, like, (laughs) I am literally at the mercy of the bathroom. Like, I could not stay out of the bathroom. It was terrible. And I didn't eat anything, so it was even more terrible. Mm -hmm. And so, midday, my boss is like, are you still feeling sick? I'm like, yeah, I'm still (laughs) feeling sick. What do you mean? (laughs) Um... Yeah, I had Pepto. That didn't work. That came right back, and it was he was just like, just gone. Just 
just get out. Fine. Uh, Birth the half day. I think cool. the question that everyone wants to ask, did <sighs> you... Did you take burners? Of course I did. <laughs> that was the very next step in my day. Like, I went to CVS. I got, well, one of my coworkers bought me Pepto. Okay. I bought some Fruit Punch Gatorade, which this is my second bottle. Uh-huh. And I bought some burners. And I drank both, and I went to, went to sleep. Okay. Then I woke up. Did my thing, went back to sleep. <laughs> I did this for like another four or five hours straight. Mind you, it snowed yesterday. Yeah. So in the midst of all that, I shoveled no snow yesterday. That's how bad it was. Same. I didn't shovel either. I like, just drove over it like <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna melt <laughs> eventually. That's the sound of you uh compressing the snow. <laughs> yeah. Sliding up the driveway, like hold on now. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Like my wife had to shovel the snow yesterday. That's how bad I felt yesterday. So I want y'all to understand the level of dedication we bring y'all tonight mm-hmm. because we could have been anywhere else in the world, obviously still asleep, but we love y'all too much to, yeah. to be like, we're going <laughs> to skip out on this week's episode, bro. So, I am here prepared. I literally have my Gatorade. I'm ready. Okay. I got plantain because I don't have bananas. Yeah. And... B-A-N-A-N-A-S. <sighs> Fucking scream. Yeah. I feel good, though. Okay. Yeah, I good. feel good. I'm glad somebody has to. Yeah. So, I feel like it's only right because there's been a lot of stuff going on in the media. First and foremost, if you talk about number 43s, we ain't got none, so moving on. Uh, um, I mean, do you? You got Pascal Siakam. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. Champion. You know what, Pascal? I'm sorry. My bad, bro. <laughs> I has no intent of disrespect, but to me, I think of it that way because, in my eyes, he's like a he's not he's not a rookie, obviously, but he's just coming off of like an amazing season, and yeah. I mean that's. But I didn't even take claim to what his number is because he's only been in the league for like two years, I think, two or three years. Yeah. So yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, good dude though. He a champion. Y'all liked him. He's a champion. Yeah. <laughs> put your put your warriors to misery. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen that that was more Kawhi than anybody else, but yeah, it's cool. You know, I live with it. Okay, well, we ain't gonna get in the game. What was that game? One or game two where you went crazy? All of them, oh, <laughs> both of them, right? <laughs> All three, y'all. All right, all right. Well, the only true for you three, we got is the homeboy NBA champ, Haskell Siakam. Shout out to you, only mm-hmm. you out here. Mm-hmm. With that being said, the main purpose of this podcast is not only to eliminate the whole stigma behind mental health or even properly redefining mental for the culture, but most appropriately, we just want to get rid of the whole narrative of trash black men. Okay. And to properly do that means to get into the main reason why we want to do this anyway is to end toxic masculinity. So I had a question that was posed to me a couple of days ago. Okay. This episode is going to be something completely different, but I'm not even going to tell you what y'all was about. So we're going to get into this now. So let's talk about how to end toxic masculinity. Okay. For real. And not just a plug on sweatshirts because there's a little bit of a deeper meaning. So when we first started this whole thing, your whole narrative was a community where we can talk about the... The good, the bads, the pros and cons of being black men, being husbands, uncles, father figures, things of that nature, right? Yeah. And 
So it's story time. It's been a while. I like to tell stories. Da 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 da. That's my it's story time music. Okay. Because I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's start this story off with go get your snacks. This is going to be a rant session of I hate trash ass people. Mm-hmm. And Jarrell's probably gonna have to calm me down so we don't get kicked off of SoundCloud and all that. <laughs> But if this, if this is the way we go out, I'm cool with it. So, um, my everybody, when it comes to family trees, we all have little people, right? You know, we, we have our, like, nieces and nephews stuff. But mm-hmm. we always have, like, that one person that's younger than you yep. that you consider your little person. Yep. Like, I was my, quote-unquote, cousin's little person. Okay. Like, of all of the people that came after her, I was the one that she took an interest in, took a heart to change diapers all the way through making sure that I still learn my life's lessons now. Mm-hmm. So I was her little person. You guys, you guys out there, cool. Yep. <laughs> and then I had a little person. I don't have children. Let's just get that out of the way. I don't have a child, but I have a little person. Yep. One of my aunt's only child, her only child, is my little person. I love her to death. I'll punch somebody in the face for her. That's mm-hmm. just the way we roll. Okay. And so my oldest cousin slash sister had a little person 10 years ago. And now as of like a week and a half ago, my little person had a little person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're all excited. New baby, all this good stuff. Mm-hmm. Baby girl, shout out to baby McKinley. Mm-hmm. Um, she looks like uh, <laughs> she's in the early... Uh, raw chicken stage of being a baby. <laughs> you know, those newborns look like pieces of, like, raw chicken <laughs> for, like, the first, like, couple months yeah. before they grow and, you know, get rid of all the baby fat. Mm-hmm. Um, but this <laughs> one looks like an actual, like, tomato-basted, like, raw piece of chicken okay. because it's a new baby and they always turn red. Anyway, as I'm going to visit and drop off this bassinet, I'm not going to say who the person is, but let's just say... Somebody that my aunt took interest in was babysitting his granddaughter and said something along the lines of, as he was babysitting his grandson, you can't hold this baby. You can't hug him all. You can't hold him one all the time. You know, that's going to make him a sissy. Hmm. You can't show him love. You can't do that. That's going to make him soft, make him a sissy, mm-hmm. all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And for obvious reasons, you can tell by the tone of my voice, that had extremely pissed me the fuck off. Yeah, I'm like, wait time out so he wanted to be like you mm-hmm. <laughs> and at that moment i knew i had to leave that house because yeah. i would have came through on some words mm-hmm. and i've been known to be very reckless with my words okay and words mean things they do especially when you around people that you have a genuine interest in like my little person and mm-hmm. her little person mm-hmm. and one of my favorite aunties mm-hmm. so we're gonna start the conversation about when I say ending toxic masculinity, we mean all the toxic traits that black men have been known to have over time. Mm-hmm. And let's start it off by asking the question, what does toxic masculinity look like to you? Hmm. I gave my example, so I won't answer this twice. Yeah. It's, 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 it's different forms of it. So the ones that like I've seen, like... From like dudes who I've called like homies or friends, have just been like the idea of just like running through as many women as you can, 
That's mm. one of the ones that's been like prevalent as far as like like guys who I've known. Um, I don't know what what is that supposed to achieve. Um, I mean, when we were teenagers, you know, like you had those conversations with like your bros or whatever, like yeah, she bad, this this and that, and like you had like a list of like oh she's nice, she's nice, this this and that, and it's like as you get older, you just realize that like all of that was stupid because mm-hmm. it's like these are like people who have lives, like you can't just. You know what I mean? Like it's like a relationship with someone is something that has to be like watered daily. It's something that has to grow. It's something that has to be worked on. Yes. <laughs> the idea of just saying like oh, I'm gonna be with this person, smash and leave, smash and leave this person. It's like I don't know exactly like where that idea came from, mm-hmm. but I know that, that was one of the ones that was really like prevalent. Is like taught, um, mm. not necessarily like in my case, it wasn't like taught from somebody who like loved me or whatever. It was just like being at school with your bros and it's like the conversation just comes up. So that was one of the one of the main ones that I've like had mentioned many times growing up um in the urban environment we live in. Mm-hmm. Um I would say another one is just the idea that like you have to like solve everything with violence. Mm. Like every time like there is a disagreement in school growing up in DPS, it's like, nah, bro, you took it too far. We got to scrap this out. Like, <laughs> like yeah. that was, that was, that was always like the So thing. more so having to use your hands because you don't know how to use your words. Right. And it's like, okay. we weren't taught conflict resolution through words. We were taught conflict resolution through somebody got to lay down or be laid out type of thing okay. to, get, to get my point across. Like this person doesn't agree with me. So he's insulting me, therefore I gotta lay him out. Like, (laughs) date him right (laughs) now. That was that was so. Those were the two that were big, like growing up in school in in Detroit. Mm. I don't know if you would agree with that, but no, no, no. This is there's no right or wrong answer because I think we're all gonna we're gonna end up arriving at the same point. I promise. Okay. Um, make sure I've heard this player all right Uh because I don't want (laughs) to yell no more. Damn it, my voice hurt. So. You bring up a very good point. You talked about words um, and the words of the homegirl, Crystal, from the Read podcast. Words mean things. Mm -hmm. And it can be the difference of showing people how you feel to giving compliments to your own therapy like words can do a lot of different things if you allow them to Um, one of the things that my grandmother used to always preach to me when i was younger was enunciate use your words Mm -hmm. you know basically along the lines of you are defined by the words you say okay so and i forget the percentage yourself forgive me when i go around this route but there have been situations in the past where you know even black, specifically black men, they'll throw in all types of fillers of like curse words, things of that nature, mm-hmm. because they don't have more intelligent words to say because they don't know those words. Mm-hmm. And that's just from the lack. Some of it goes to education, but some of it goes around the lines of nobody was able to sit down and say, hey, you know what? When you feel this way, use these words. When you feel this way, use those words. Yeah. So you can ultimately explain exactly what's going on with your mental mm-hmm. just by saying the words you know. So when I think of blah, these are the words associated with it. Okay. So 
We're going to play a game. <laughs> I like games. You like games. Yeah. I don't like games. It's 11 <laughs> a Friday, so you take that how you want to. Um, so when you think of the word happy, what words do you think of when you think of the word happy? Jerk chicken. There we uh, go. <laughs> we met our quota for the episode. We have met our quota for the episode. Thanks for attending, y'all. Have a good night. <laughs> well, happy, I just think about, like, I think about just spending time with family. I think about, um, like, being, like, in Jamaica or somewhere hot, like, with a drink, like, a, a drink uh, with an umbrella in it. You know what I mean? Like, a nice, like, white tee, cargo shorts, flip-flops, like, walking through a with resort. With the toes out. <laughs> with the toes out. Um, those are the things that I think of when I'm happy like nice sunny day relaxing um yeah jerk chicken the more (laughs) not having to like be in like adult mode i guess like that's what makes me happy sometimes Mm. like just being able to just you know what today is going to be a good day because i'm Um, not doing anything that's it like that's what makes me happy sometimes okay yeah so good what about when you think of the words that so sad, I think about, like, the people who I love not being there. Mm. That's that's what I think of. Like, the support system that I have, like, my parents. Um, I think about uh, not being able to, like, being in a position to not, like, keep my word or keep my promises. Like, that makes me sad. Mm. Yeah. Like, saying something and then not being able to follow through. Like, that's something that I've learned as an adult is, like, not something that you associate with yourself. So that makes me sad when that has to happen. I see. Okay. Um. So, yeah. But if anyone hears those certain things from you, uh-huh. because you're used to using the words around those people, they'll know how you're feeling. Okay. Right? So if you say the word, the words jerk chicken, mm-hmm. I know this is going to be a happy moment <laughs> and I need to be there. Right? Like, right. I know this. Uh-huh. Um, when you say such things as Oakland, you know what I'm saying? Or you mm-hmm. think like, you know, basketball, things of that nature, mm-hmm. I know you're in a mood where you're about to watch basketball or you want to be like around cool people, or whatever. Okay. Because you want to watch basketball stuff. Right. Or we'll talk about basketball stuff. Uh-huh. I immediately see you smile when we talk about <laughs> basketball stuff, right? True. If we talk about how the Golden State Warriors season's going or the business <laughs> season's going, that may change your whole game plan because that's a sad thing, yeah, right? Yeah, But the general gist of it is because you've explained, one, you have the people around you mm-hmm. in which, one, they see your facial expressions. They see those things. Mm-hmm. But you use these words around them. Okay. So they know when you say certain words, mm-hmm. they know how Jarrell is feeling. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And that is a very, I think, important thing for us to be able to have that environment fostered around. Mm. So I think I'm just now getting to the point, because one, my wife reads me like a freaking book. But when I, I know if I exhibit certain behaviors, uh-huh. That she's going to react to me a different way. Okay. And vice versa. 
Okay. But specifically as a black man, if I go home and I'm just sitting there quiet, et cetera, mm-hmm. she knows, oh, shit, what's wrong with him? <laughs> yeah. Or, like, if I'm being goofy as hell and I might be, like, you know, fake dancing to a song, whatever, when she, you know, pulls up, mm-hmm. she's like, all right, he's in a good mood. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I show those expressions. I say those certain words, things of that nature. Okay. And... Sometimes if she asks how I'm doing that day, I can tell her. Mm-hmm. But I think that's also the part of the discussion we we foster and nurture. We say, hey, how was your day? Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I expect that open dialogue for you to tell me exactly how it is. Now, this is me in my 30s. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's great enough. But let's take this all the way back. Okay. So let's go back to your childhood for a minute. So yeah. you said you don't like adulting, so I'm going to do you a favor. Okay. Um, Think back to about, I'm going to say six years old. Okay. Go back to the six-year-old Jarrell. Okay. Probably a lot shorter, which is kind of hard to believe here. Yeah. <laughs> um, do at this age, think about you... Being sad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now think about the people that were around you. Okay. Okay. Who are those people? Around at five, about eight, five or six. Who's, who's around you, Rosalie? Yeah. So, be like my my cousins. Okay. And uh, I was I was a latchkey kid, but I was always in my grandparents' house. So most likely like my grandparents and like okay. my uncles. Yeah. Okay. So with your grandparents around, your cousins around. Do you ever recall them asking how you were doing? As a kid? Yeah. I remember, like, so my, my grandparents kind of Southern, so I don't know if it's the same, but I interpret it as the same. They right. always ask, like, have you ate or are you hungry? Or, I mean. what that boy eat? Like, <laughs> That's fair. So it was more like, I, I, I would think it was like that was their way of saying, are you all right? But formally, no, they, I don't remember being asked, are you all right? I think that's black culture in general. Okay. It's like, <laughs> you all right? <laughs> are you sad? You all right? Are yeah. you happy? You all right? Did you eat? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a universal <laughs> statement. So maybe it's kind of interchanging to say, did you eat? You okay? Did you yeah. eat? You not okay? Did you eat? Did you eat? Yeah. Like, maybe it's that thing. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so explicitly, no. Yep. Okay. Um, so for me, it's a little different. Okay. Um, my, I think of that with that age, the main people that were around me at that time was my mom, my dad, my grandmother, and, uh, I mean, a host of cousins, but primarily my best cousin, who's basically the bro. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandmother... And my mom mm-hmm. helped me to realize if something was wrong with me okay. or right with me. They would ask, like, hey, one, <laughs> did you eat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly it was my dad. My dad was always at home first-ish. Mm-hmm. Like, he was always the person that's like, I'm about to cook dinner. Mm-hmm. I'm about to have some smothered whatever, <laughs> with mashed potatoes and hot buttery biscuits sound good. and some ice-cold Pepsi. <laughs> but it the only thing that changed is what was smothered. Everything okay. else would be the same. I swear to God, it would always be 
smothered chicken, mm-hmm. smothered steak, yeah. smothered liver and onions, smothered whatever, <laughs> and smothered pork chops, mm-hmm. and mashed potatoas, and hot yeah. buttery, grand biscuits. Not you be like that. Like, can we have something else besides potatoes and something smothered? Like, please. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like good eating to me. <laughs> it was, but I got tired of that shit. Yeah. But, um, but no, so my dad, in his own weird way, would gauge how I was doing. Okay. Um, I don't know if he ever, like, Encompass or went a step further and said, "Well, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Like what happened? That's you know what happened at school today. Yeah. You know how did it make you feel? Things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um. So there's a reason I'm asking all these extra deep questions for no reason at all. But there is a reason. I promise it is. I know. It but is. I just said it's not a reason. So now I said it's the reason. <laughs> so <laughs> there are the source of this episode comes from a website called familyeducation.com, where they talk about how to encourage healthy emotional development in boys. And so, I think it is an explicit difference of how love is shown or how emotional development is shown between male figures Mm -hmm. and women figures with young boys. Mm Mm-hmm. So the father figure is going to, quote-unquote, give you, well, back in my day, they're going to give you more of a, quote-unquote, tougher love. Yeah. They're going to make sure that you're, quote-unquote, being a man. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, all right, I'm trying to make me be a man at, like, age six. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with my grandmother or my mom, they were making sure that I was emotionally okay. Like, they would ask, how are you? How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Even, like, the other day, my mom called me. She's just like... How's your ankle doing? Okay. Because a couple years ago, I had a really, really crazy fall, mm-hmm. and I sprained the hell out of my ankle. Mm. And then a couple months later, I re-sprained it, mm-hmm. and it sucked. Okay. <laughs> I had to actually go to rehab just for my ankle. Um, so I still feel the pain from that from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot better, though, but she still acts about it like every other day. She even bought me some LeBron's. Mm-hmm. Because she figured the LeBrons would help me with my ankles. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay. We're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. We got some LeBron. Uh, but my mother was always taking that emotional approach. Like, how are you feeling? How's your physical health? How's your, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are you going through? I don't want you to snap on anybody. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Um, my dad more so... Because it was a weird time, my dad more so showed his vulnerable side. Okay. And showed me, he didn't show me how to be more emotionally in tune, mm-hmm. but he showed me how he was emotionally in tune, which in turn showed me that. Okay. And I was just like, oh, so you're supposed to like the hell out of a woman one day. Mm-hmm. Oh, and my mom just doesn't appreciate it. <laughs> but why not? So I figured out that thing the hard way, right? Okay. Um, with that being said, it's a couple different ways that they say to um, encourage this healthy emotional development in boys. And I think a good example of that right now in current today's society is Dwayne Wade. Yeah. So everybody by now, if you've been under a rock somewhere, get your <laughs> ass from under it. You've probably heard about 
um, his one of his younger boys coming out and saying, you know what, I want to be identified as a girl mm-hmm. because you know, and that's how I feel, that's what I believe, and that's what path I want to go, and I think I like guys. Yeah. And it was a whole bunch of backlash about, you know, D-Way, how could you do that, and this, then, and the third, and how can y'all mm-hmm. support that, and Blase Splee, and all this other crap. Um, I have my opinions about it. Um, mostly it's all for D Wade's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you how to raise a child because I don't have one. Right. But what I can say is one of the things that I thought when it comes to being a parent is that you are in support of whatever it is that your child wants to do for the betterment of themselves. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought it was about. Yeah. But apparently, <laughs> we have missed some things. Yeah. Um, but to me, that's probably one of the greatest examples of what it means to be like invested in like your younger boys development mm-hmm. um well I guess now we shouldn't even say young boy we want to be called a girl yeah. let's respect that mm-hmm. but all in all when it comes to your child in general you should want to make sure you have their best emotional intent yeah. at heart right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i guess more of the thing I want to just make sure we're on the same page about is do you see any difference between what Dwayne Wade is doing currently when it comes to like healthy emotional development and mm-hmm. like I guess what the lack thereof is in today's society because mm-hmm. I feel like there's a huge difference about like the people that say Dwayne Wade you doing it wrong and how they're actually living okay like, wh- wh- how does that whole thing kind of? <laughs> trying to think how to like put it in words. It's it's a lot. It, it is. It really is a lot. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you know it is what it is, and you just gotta stop being trash-minded individuals, I guess. Because yeah, it's so, all trash. So like, I would say that he's definitely doing it a different way. That's like the. Non-traditional way, but the non-traditional way is something that isn't the non-traditional way. So Dwayne Wade's doing it a different way, right? The way that it has always been done, who's to say that that was the right way? It's it's brought forth like so many like different issues. The way that like men have been like raising men previous times, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like who's to say what the right way actually is? Yeah, you know. And, like, from my experience being around, like, like um, just, just being, just having uncles and having, like, my own dad and everything like that, um, I was never, I was, I was never the type of, uh, I wasn't around men who were, like, neglectful or anything like that, but <laughs> there were definitely, like, lines and boundaries that they drew as to how they treated you and how they um how they were raising like us as like young men mm-hmm. so for instance like if if i had like a if i had like a problem let's just say like this the simple one is this so if, if like we were young and we were like crying or if we were like he took this he took that it's like no go get it like like don't cry like wipe your face we don't do that here like mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like they they raised you, but that was that was what they thought was right though. But it was like they raised you to be they thought they were raising you to be like self reliant, right? 
I think that's a little different. And I, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the, and I had to explain this to somebody recently, I think it's a difference between like emotional intelligence mm-hmm. versus being firm on what you believe in. So well, I think what you're explaining right now is about being firm what you believe in. I think that's a quality that we as a people in general mm-hmm. just need to do a better job of. Is mm-hmm. If you truly believe that you should wear black today, mm-hmm. then damn it, <laughs> you go find what's black and you wear it. Okay. It better be clean. <laughs> Don't go out this house embarrassing me. But, or like, if you want... If you're in a group study session, mm-hmm. this actually happened. Okay. And you want black olives in your pizza, mm-hmm. and you're trying to please everybody else. If you want black olives, say you want black olives. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't say what you want, you're going to end up with an outcome that you don't want. Yeah. Case in point, our last presidential election. <laughs> that is a plug. That election season's upon us. Yeah. Please make sure y'all go vote because mm-hmm. we don't want trash in the White House, in the White House no more. All right. Take it how you feel. Anyway, <laughs> um, now we got that out of the way. So, with that being said, and I think you brought up a very good point, I'm just going to segue and ask this next question. Should we treat boys differently than we treat girls? I think society forces us to. Mm. Just because the way that, like, like, the way that men are expected to be like the person who's able to resolve issues and no one else can. And I know that that's like not Go necessarily off, true. Real. I know that's not necessarily true because in our culture, black women take care of everything for the most part whenever there's not a man there. Go off, real. But, <laughs> but, but I just mean like, I think I think society forces us to to expect more out of young men than than young women. And it's just the way that, that the world is. I don't know why it's like that. It was like this when I got here. Mm. But I just know like if you got if you got a um let's say you got like an eighteen year old young man, eighteen year old young woman. It's like the way society is set up is like a a young woman can just not necessarily like have like a five year plan or whatever, and she can still like meet a young man that sees like value in her, right? But I feel like as a young man, if you're 18 and five years later you're still in the same place, it's like, dude, like, why are you wasting time type of thing, you know? So I feel like that's that's the difference. That's what forces us to, it's like that narrative of kind of like what you see on TV all the time on reality TV. It's like basketball wives or whatever, love and hip hop. It's like the dude can just go get his money and then go pick the woman he wants. Whereas you're not seeing women go get money and picking men who just stay in the same place type of thing. Yeah. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that's just what I see. I mean, that's fair. Um, You do end up seeing a lot of that. And again, who's to say it's right or wrong just because it's been accepted up to this point. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think the narrative's changing. Okay. And which is a thank God normal now. <laughs> narrative's definitely changing. Um, one of the things that happened is when me and my wife at first got married, I knew that this would not be like any type of relationship I've seen on TV at all. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be some things that are similar, but 
we do not have a standard traditional marriage mm-hmm. by any means of the nature at all. Mm-hmm. And the generation of understanding love languages and, you know, one like the, you know, the Me Too movements and things of that nature like this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, just to be quite frank, she made more money than I do on a, <laughs> on, a, on, a on a base salary ways like basis. So I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not sad about it at all. In fact, yeah. I'm kind of happy. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like it forces me to think differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that I ever thought like you know women are less than or anything crazy like that. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I have saw is that I found myself being more of a feminist. Okay, like just understanding and believing in the black woman's plight. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, yo, listen. I chill with all that tough shit. Like, it's, yeah. it's a bunch of these black women out here that are stronger than a bunch of these black men. Mm-hmm. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. And um, I think that's helped me to appreciate who my wife is. Okay. Because in the words of Neo, I'm a movement by myself, but we are forced when we're together. <laughs> that is the most realest shit that I've heard him play yeah. in the song ever in my life. <laughs> But it's true, like, you know, individually we're dope, but together, mm-hmm. <laughs> what did Beth from uh from This Is Us say? But together, baby, we set the world on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that just <laughs> real? And it's because we both empower each other with our words, things of that nature, mm-hmm. to be the best person that we can be. Um, let me segue into this, though. Why do you think, well, first, do you think that it's more important for young to allow young boys to express their emotions when they're younger or when they're older? I think doing it younger allows that gateway to be open for when they're older. So it's like if, you know, if you allow that gate to be open to where they can express themselves as kids, so like talk about their favorite cartoons, talk about what they want to be when they grow up. Um, speak about what they do in school, all those different things. I feel like as they get older, then that channel is built to where they can come to you with like other things as they mature, like the newer problems that are they're dealing with, becoming like preteens, becoming young men, growing into you know young adults. I feel like that channel will be built the earlier that you start building it. Mm. Yeah, so I would definitely like I try to do that with my um, my nephew right now and my little cousin. Sometimes <laughs> it's like they'll come over. And I'll just be talking to them like, oh, what you been up to? They're like, um, you been watching Spider-Man? I'm like, you watch Spider-Man? You like Spider-Man? I'm like, yeah, I like Spider-Man. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, what you doing? What you been doing in school? Um, I took science. Like, what you learned in science? Uh, we learned about, we learned about how the leaves on the trees turn colors. Mm. I'm like, yeah, that's called photosynthesis. They're like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I ain't teach you that. <laughs> you mean that's not new? Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, they think they be having new knowledge. I'm like, nah. I'm because Dragon Ball Z just came up. <laughs> right. Okay, bro. <laughs> so I try to build that channel, like, right now so that, like, they can feel comfortable with coming to me with anything, like, when they hit, like, 14, 15. Like, my one, my one little cousin, he already was talking about, like, it was, it was around Valentine's Day. He's like, yeah, I got I got a girlfriend. I was like, what? what? I was like, man, you only, what, six or seven? You told me you got a girlfriend. And he's like, I do got a girlfriend. And I'm like. All right, bro. And then I ask him, like, well, like, where do you work at then? He's like, what? I'm like, girlfriends cost money. <laughs> he's like, listen. He's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, you ain't got no girlfriend. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> 
so I'm trying to have those conversations with them so that they're comfortable with me like as they get older. Cause That's I don't I don't want them like falling on my watch, if you will. Like I I want to be the person that they'll be like, yo, if I can't come to my parents, grandparents, and like my uncle and my cousin got me. So mm. yeah, I love that. Yeah, I I try to practice the same thing with my nephews. One of the things I also try to not to do is. I try not to allow them to get into this right and wrong narrative. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the most important things when it comes to growing the young person's mind, especially young boys, Mm -hmm. is that we don't want to encourage them, besides the obvious things, like violence, things of that nature, certain things don't have to be a right or wrong. Certain things can just be expressed Mm -hmm. and based on either how you feel or based on the research that you've done, mm-hmm. proves your point. Okay. And as a person in STEM, that's easy to say, but I don't want my I want I don't want any young black boy. Yeah. I don't want a young black person. Mm-hmm. That's as far as I'll stretch it. Yeah. I don't want any of them getting to the point where it's just like, well, I believe this because so and so said it. True. Yeah. Or things of that nature. Or I shame them. For thinking the way they think mm-hmm. and stunting their thinking growth process. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ever be that person that do that. Right. Because I currently, at the age of 30, hate when people do that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them to be able to engage, use their words. True. Yep. And find out new words. Mm-hmm. But most importantly... I want them to be able to engage and use their words to express the things that's going on up here mm-hmm. so that when it's all said and done, they've done their homework, they've done their research, and they've developed a truly thought-out mm-hmm. thought mm-hmm. about, or truly detailed thought about what they were thinking about and why they got to that conclusion. Right. And then based on that, you know, it may be easier for them to say if they're right or wrong, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right or wrong, right? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but... As in, like, that's just my biggest thing. Like, I don't ever want to be a person that stunted somebody else's mental growth. True. That would be completely trash. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah. You ever had that happen to you? Like, somebody was just like, or case in point. Okay. Okay. And I feel like we're just going to do this for the next, like, couple years because, you know, it's the most relevant thing. Okay. Who's better? Jordan or Kobe? Right? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) And then we'll be like, man, Jordan. And then you got that one person, man, you crazy. Hell nah. Man, Kobe, bro. Yeah. Like, based on what? Mm -hmm. Then, yeah, the conversation (laughs) goes just like that. Because they have no basis behind what they're saying. Yeah. They're going based on somebody's preconceived notion about what they thought was greater than. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> calling real, real. Yeah. I think that they had very, very similar games when it comes to basketball. Mm-hmm. But I think that originally Jordan played in a more defensive built time mm-hmm. versus Kobe played in more of an era just like, are you not going to find me? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to gut check you. <laughs> And I'm still going to put 81 points on you. Yeah. I know who I would take, though. But, yeah. Who would you take? I would take Jordan. You would take Jordan based yeah. on what? 
see you trying to start this. <laughs> no, I, I'm no. simply proving the point here. So, so the idea about like me taking Jordan has always been that when he started, because six is greater than five. No, okay. It's, it's the thing that when he started winning in the league, like he didn't let anybody else win. So it's like he stopped other Hall of Famers from reaching what they should have reached if he wasn't there. But mm-hmm. he was their stopping point. Like he he was the person who says no. Like this this is my game. Like yeah, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Reggie Miller, Patrick Ewing. He wasn't getting nothing as long as he was there. But I feel like with Kobe, this this is what I have against like LeBron too. But it's like like when they were there, they were they're, they're great, but they still let other people be great in their era. But I feel like Jordan didn't allow that from ninety one through ninety eight. Mm. So that's my argument. And like you said, who say that's right or wrong, but that's just how I see it. And and this is where I use my words on this. I don't disagree with you, but I think you have a different caliber of great in the Kobe era versus the Jordan era. Therefore, I think that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because as great as Kobe was... The Western Conference is great. <laughs> right. Throw Tim Duncan in there. Yeah, Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah. Throw Dirk Nowitzki in there. Yeah. That alone is three teams vying for number one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. All right. Good. Let's throw Tracy McGrady in there. Yep. Let's throw Allen Iverson in there. I would agree with that. The talent was. Uh... Allen Iverson alone helped transform the game of basketball mm-hmm. from the crossover dribbles to everything else. Yeah. So, I, would I agree mean, with that. I would agree with that. You got to think, I think of the levels of great on both sides. Mm-hmm. But I, if somebody ever asked me the question, I'm like, this is nonsense. This is stupid. Mm hmm. This is just this dumb. So you want to take anybody? I would say Jordan in the 90s and Kobe in the 2000s. <laughs> because that's the era in which they played. Okay. You can't compare them because they didn't play in the same eras. They overlap for two years. Yeah, I guess they overlap for two. Yeah, yeah, the two years we played for Washington. Yeah, get nah, out of here. Nah. Kobe was there in 96, 97, 98. Okay. Yeah. But he wasn't Kobe yet, though. So that's right. Kind of, I get the point. See, yeah. exactly. Yeah. He <laughs> he was still a high school, like basically out of high school. So. Yeah. yeah. He was a kid out of high school going against Jordan. Now, granted, he gave Jordan buckets. Mm-hmm. Great. Go based on that game. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Who's better, Kobe and Jordan? You can say Kobe. Great. Who won the game? Jordan. Okay. Yeah. So what? Like, mm-hmm. this is all great and dandy. <laughs> like, but at the end of the day, like, you have to look at it that way, right? Yeah. So these are the type of conversations I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. When you think of young boys, they can't develop that if you're always shutting them down. Like, man, you crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. You was a boy. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just like, yeah. that's that's not even fair. <laughs> like, what the, what the hell? Like, yeah. how am I supposed to gain a voice mm-hmm. if you're not allowing me to gain a voice? Mm-hmm. You're just like, well, tough love. Figure it out, bro. Right, right. Like, that's... So that's that's what leads to like, oh, I got to be the loudest person now. We I got got to be loudest person in the barbershop. Yeah, yeah. Everything has to be on me. I got to get everybody attention. Look so at me. That's where all that comes from. I am man. Hear me roar. Yeah. Toxic <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, with that being said, do you think that there are any ties into? I guess from that narrative of like young boys not having that voice of reason or that emotional like conversation when they're younger to more of the ties of why dudes ain't shit current day. Because it was just a phrase we hear a lot. It's like mm-hmm. black man ain't shit. 
you know, yeah. black men cheat, black men blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Do you think that that early emotional development has any direct ties to that narrative the current day? I think it does. I would say it does because I know, like, when I was growing up and, like, I, like if the opportunity to do something bad was placed in front of me, I heard my, like, the stuff that I thought about, like, okay, this could go bad based on whatever, but I was thinking of my dad's voice. Mm. I heard my dad speaking to me, or I heard, like, the other men in my life, like, my uncle speaking to me or whatever. So, I definitely think, like, how we said before, like, having, like, that channel built up to, you know, let, like, young men and young black people speak and grow and be able to articulate their feelings. Mm -hmm. I feel like that process, as you get, as you get older, um, you begin to, like, think about all of the actions that could happen before they happen, like when you're in the middle of a situation. Mm. So I would say yes. Like I, I just know from my perspective, as I was growing older, going through middle school, going through high school, anytime I was about to do something dumb, I'd be like, yeah, my dad would, would not appreciate that. Or like my mom would not appreciate that. So mm -hmm. for sure, I think there's a direct correlation between the two. Well, I'm glad you said that. Okay. Because according to this article, there are four main takeaways that they give in this article. So we've kind of harped on a lot of them. But in case you just weren't listening at all from mm -hmm. our banter over the last, <laughs> like, 30 minutes, there are four main takeaways in which, you know, the emotional numbing that boys experience as they grow up and what are ways to negate that. One of them is building emotional literacy. Yeah. And they say about that, that boys are healthier and happier when they have solid emotional resources and access to all the, all the varied and intricate parts of themselves. So I think that just makes all the sense in the world when it comes to, you know, having those discussions about like, hey, you know what? This is legit how I'm feeling and this is why. Mm hmm like, I had a bad day. So-and-so did this. It made me feel this way. Mm -hmm. That way, it's easy for us as adults, et cetera, to be like, hey, you know what? Mm -hmm. They told me exactly what's on their mind. Is that a third? Now I know how to try to relate to them or how to give them advice based on that. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's the thing. Even going to the part about, you know, it's not necessarily just that young boy. Mm -hmm expressing how they feel. Mm -hmm. It's the literacy of them knowing how other people feel. Okay. We're not trying to build a generation of fixers, per se, mm -hmm. but we are trying to build a generation of people that don't exhibit toxic behavior. Yeah. And we talked about this in our past episode before, but toxicity is a very, like, toxic thing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just some crap they put on a t-shirt somewhere, right? Right. Um, but... It's the ability of if Jarrell walks into a room and I see him without a smile on his face, just dog, like, no smile at all. I'm uh -huh. like, all right, some shit's wrong. <laughs> yeah. And if you know this guy, you know damn well he doesn't not smile at all for shit. So yeah. <laughs> to see this man without a smile on his face, is like, all right, bro. That happens a lot to me. People will be like, what's wrong? I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm just sitting here. <laughs> right. I ain't, I ain't like, nothing. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I'll just think about what I'm going to eat later. That's all. <laughs> I can't with you. So it's things such as you look disappointed, you look sad, sad and third. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of that going on all month of February. We all know why. Yeah. But... Um, it's being 
and we saw a lot of that relatability. We saw all of that vulnerability. We saw all of that really coming to fruition. Like, hey, you know what? I see what you're going through because I went through that. Because mm-hmm. I'm in touch with what I'm going through. Right. That makes sense now. Mm-hmm. All right, you know, it is what it is. Um. Next thing they say is listen. Okay. We talked about this all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the biggest things you can be for somebody is a person that listens. Okay. Not listen to respond. Uh-huh. Not listen to react. But listen. Right. Listen, just comprehend what they're saying. Let them keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, because you've probably heard this phrase. I don't want you to solve it. I just want you to listen. <laughs> I learned that as a husband. Like, That's I, I it. Didn't, I didn't know that before I was married. Like I thought I was doing it the right way. So, so let me let's get this straight. Okay. These are tips for young boys. Yeah. That we as grown men are now using yep. in our marriage. Mm-hmm. The game has been written. <laughs> like, I need y'all to realize this. Like, when we say you want to build up better men, things of that nature, and mm-hmm. toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. I'm, it's, it's in the footprints, bro. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. Just you, the idea, like you said, though, like, you don't have to be a fixer. Just be, like, a listening ear. Yeah. Like, that's, because... I don't, know, I don't know if it's just, like, us studying STEM, but it's always something we're trying to figure out. Yeah. It's like, write down, like, all of your knowns and We unknowns. are programmed <laughs> to get all the data right. and try to solve the problem. Right. And it's been like that since, what, start taking classes at 18? And then it's like, <laughs> it's like I've been, you know, conditioned to, to always, like, okay, what is, what is the question that we're asking? What is the thing we're trying to solve here? So anytime that, like, my wife, when we first got married, she'll come to me and tell me, like, how something went at work. Or how somebody irritated her, or I was just like, you know, she's not feeling it today or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was just be like, okay, but where are we trying to get to? And she would just be like, idiot, just listen. <laughs> 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 she didn't say idiot, but like the look on her face is just be like, why am I even wasting my breath? And I'll be like, oh, you're so stupid. I'm, my bad. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, I'm learning as I go. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll be better five years from now than I am right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. One of the things that I've learned from my wife by listening ding, is that I, one of the things she always does when she's talking to her friends or somebody close to her mm-hmm. is she'll say, all right, before you keep going on this tangent here, mm-hmm. what type of person do you want me to be right now? Okay. Do you want me to be a problem solver mm-hmm. or do you want me to be a listener? Okay. And they'll first they'll be kind of throwing off like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but it makes sense because mm-hmm. I need to know if I'm listening for not only comprehension, mm-hmm. but for the pick up the pieces and say, all right, this is how you should solve it. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm listening from a sympathetic understanding what you went through today type standpoint. Yeah. And I find myself doing that with her. I'm just like, all right, so I, I've got to. I got to the point where I'm I'm able to just know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to ask the question, like, "Hey, so just want to know, mm-hmm. is this like a vent session, yeah. or you want me to? Are we trying to solve a problem here? Yeah. Which cap should I wear? Did you solve the problem? Mm-hmm. That's usually the other question that comes up. Did you solve the problem already? Okay. No, we trying to solve it. No, okay, go ahead, boo. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And that's how we listening. Okay. 
Okay. So it's not only listening, but it's you know it's one is it's showing empathy. It's don't rush to, sh- to offer any type of solution, mm-hmm. um, and particularly to your young son, give your son time to explore his emotions. Mm-hmm. So allow them to, because that ultimately I, what I've saw, or seen, <laughs> mm-hmm. what I've seen is that by allowing them to go through that thinking process, allows them to kind of explore what they're thinking about, mm-hmm. and once they get all those thoughts out of the way, mm-hmm. they can sometimes be like. You ever tried to, you ever listened to somebody's problem and they were trying to solve a problem? And then after they kept venting about it and talking about it, et cetera, et cetera, uh-huh. they came up with an answer and solution how they're going to do it anyway? Yeah. With that or happened. without your advice? Yeah, that happened. It's that like, happened. oh, so what you need me for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't ever say that last part, <laughs> yeah, though, because yeah, yeah. that's trash. <laughs> but more along the lines of, I knew you had it in you the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> my man <Yeah. laughs> give me some but that's an important like again listening is definitely an important thing so we have building emotional literacy we have listening letting him express himself mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing but are there like rules to letting them express themselves because I know one of the things that like as I'm sitting here thinking about it now is like I'm kind of bad at is like like my younger cousin or nephew, whenever they like have something that doesn't go the way they want to, it's like not like they're expressing themselves, but it's like, hey, you don't have to like whine when you're expressing yourself, you can just use your words, you don't necessarily have to like, like, so they'll be like, oh, such and such did this, this, and this, mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, like, I understand. But you can yeah, just well, speak like. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't know if so like. So there are rules. I'm glad you asked that question. Okay. So according to the article, it says, in addition to listening and teaching your son emotional vocabulary, make room for your son to be himself. Avoid telling your son what he should or should not feel. Give him the room to explore his strengths and weaknesses in a safe environment. Okay. When your son does not feel the, when your son does, doesn't need to fear shame or rejection. He can express his emotions, needs, and dreams openly. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, your methods well, mm-hmm. you got to let them get it out. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Well, if they just bust out crying, are you going to tell them not to cry? Nah. Same thing. Not, not, not at that point. Nah. You have to let them express themselves exactly how they're going to express themselves. Okay. Because one of the things we have an issue of in society is everybody tries to tell you how you should express yourself. Like, don't tell me how to feel. That's so annoying. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> don't be sad. It's okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean? My team just got knocked out of the playoffs. Get some eyes. <laughs> and most importantly, the last one is remembering your role. Mm-hmm. You should recognize that the outside world will toughen up your boy. Your job is to nurture and encourage them. Mm-hmm. All boys inevitably inevitably learn the hard lessons about being a real man. You can be you can best help your son by nurturing his heart and spirit and providing compassion when the world hurts him. Hmm. And it goes on to say, because boys are sometimes prone to anger and aggression, it is wise to model being calm and respectful 
when dealing with problems. Take a cool off if you must, but avoid yelling and anger. And remember that emotions are not mysterious forces that threaten to overwhelm us. They are part of what makes us most human. Okay. Gonna drop the mic. Mm-hmm. Put that right the there. The mic is dropped. Uh, nah, I I agree with the last one though. Like, the world will teach you like where to fill a gap at as a man. Mm-hmm. It'll definitely show you like what you aren't doing and what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And like for example, like my parents, when I was in college, like I stayed, I I commuted, so I, I lived at home, went to school. And, like, that was very helpful because I had that home base, but I was able to go and navigate in the world at the same time. So it was like I, w- I was always going back and forth, like, went home to go get, like, my emotional support, um, get my, you know, meals or whatever, get encouraged, um, share, like, all my feelings. But then I was able to, like, refresh the next day and go back out and try to conquer something else. So mm. I def- that's, that's, like, my example for, like, the last, like, note you just read. Mm. Yeah. You know, my father, God rest his soul, Mm -hmm. I remember very vividly him kind of giving me the space to just get it out. Mm -hmm. In fact, I kind of did the, I kind of did that for him instead. So this comes from the standpoint of when my parents got divorced and short version of the story goes. He would always talk about how he felt and talked about, like, what he was going through with my mom. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I mean, I <laughs> I see both sides here. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I probably shouldn't see both sides of the story, but I do. Okay. Um, you got to do what makes your own self happy. Mm-hmm. I would tell my mom that. And I would tell my dad that. I was just like, you got to do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. It was in the best interest of both of y'all. This is like a 10-year-old kid speaking. And I was just like, what the hell do I know, right? <laughs> but, and that's what they did. And they got the divorce, they came back together, and then they were all happy-dappy and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But I learned that lesson through helping them learn that lesson, okay. if that makes sense. Like, just giving them their space to go through whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And current day, I'm like, all right, I need to make sure that I remember that lesson because, you know, God willing, I'm going to have a son one day. Mm-hmm. That's actually the only one I want. <laughs> I just want a son. Um, and I want to be able to have them in a standpoint where they're able to express themselves. They're able to get through whatever they're like, when they, if they want to talk about something, they're able to get through it. Mm-hmm. And I try to practice that a lot with my nephew, which is like, okay, well, why do you feel this way? Mm-hmm. Or if I if I say something that he doesn't agree with or quote unquote makes him sad, he will literally tell me, Uncle Richard, that makes me sad, mm-hmm. or it made me sad or it made me upset when you said this, okay, or didn't allow me to do that, and I'm just like, oh damn it, man. All right, so <laughs> let's talk about it, <laughs> and you know we'll get through it. But again, to one of my earlier points too, one of the things I do not believe in is in this for the sake of you know stroking their ego or things of that nature mm-hmm. if i said i wasn't sorry about something if i don't accept your apology i'm gonna tell you i don't accept your apology okay. but i understand where you're coming from <laughs> this man is not even 10 years old yet yeah. but 
there have been situations where I'm like, I accept your apology. Mm-hmm. And there be times where I'm just like, oh, no, I'm not. I don't accept your apology. Okay. Because you're just trying to get an apology uh-huh. so you'll feel better. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Mm. And he'll come back like, dang, like, I apologize. That's supposed to make it all better. I'm like, as a young man, you need to know. <laughs> Sometimes it's not you saying sorry that fixes the issue. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's the actions you take after this. Yeah. So let that sink in. Mm-hmm. Go drink some water. Yeah. And that's it. Um, so with that being said, mm-hmm. that being known and black ass known, <laughs> um, when it comes to ending toxic masculinity, I don't think there's a direct way to say that it starts very, 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 very early. Mm-hmm. It starts when you as a person, unfortunately right now, us millennials are at the point where we are looking to correct a lot of that bad behavior and shift the whole culture moving forward. Mm-hmm. Because millennials are starting to have children yeah. at their appropriate ages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quotation I, appropriate. <laughs> I mean, we're at the stage right now where we're like settling in relationships and we're well, not settling, but mm-hmm. we're engaged in real life relationships and we're having kids. Mm-hmm. And those kids are becoming toddlers mm-hmm. and young boys yep. and young girls. And I believe we need to treat both young boys and young girls with the same energy about, hey, I know you're going to experience different things, mm-hmm. but emotionally, it's okay to feel the exact same things. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be cheerful. It's okay to mm-hmm. jump around and just go crazy. Like It's okay to experience those things. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to be limited by what society thinks. Yeah. But I do want you to be able to know that if you ever feel a certain way where you don't know how to feel, mm-hmm. like you ever felt like you didn't know how to feel. Yeah, there are times that happens. Yeah. So I don't want you to be in a situation where you don't know how to feel mm-hmm. and you don't know where to go with that feeling. True. Because that's how you make those decisions that 20 years down the line, now you out here just dissing women or yeah. just playing playing dudes and all that stuff and it just gets crazy. So. Yeah. Don't ask how I know. I just happen to live in this society. Yeah. So. You end up going down this like wormhole. Or Man. Yeah. That part. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, with all that being known and said, mm-hmm. noted. <laughs> <laughs> Duly noted. All mm-hmm. that good stuff. Uh-huh. Um, we're just trying to end toxic masculinity by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. And if that means you got to call people out on their bullshit current day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lace up them boots, bro, because it's about to get crazy. I feel like that's that's the way that is. I guess I should say that's the most like pre- prevalent way as of now to do it. Like since social media is so accessible and it's so easy to capture stuff on camera and call out people, and you know, I feel like that's the way that right now. Not saying that's the right way to do it, but I feel like that's the most like prevalent way, most like convenient way, is to just make it known because you have like social media platforms where you can bring that truth to certain situations. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'll, I think about that sometimes too. Like how, how do you shift the entire like culture, the entire community to be something that in the past it hasn't even thought to be, you know, like Oof. the way, the way that things have been taught to us from past generations is like, 
how do you undo that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, where's the there's the line and delineation between like going forward? This is <laughs> the way it's going to be. It was like this in the past. File that away. Like, you know what I mean? I think that's. <laughs> I think that's part of the whole black man plight. Mm-hmm. And far as our culture's responsibility to make it better for the next wave, mm-hmm. there is no right or wrong answer for that. But it's only so much that we can do to change it and then transfer slash transition it. Mm-hmm. Because you're you're gonna come to a point where it's just like you know, you're all you're almost there, we got it, and then it's like, oh well, I can't solve all this. But maybe we need to make it better for the next wave of people that's coming behind us mm-hmm. because they're gonna be the game changers. And we have to let them know, like, hey, this is your time. This is where we this is where we push to. This is the part where we're having struggle of transitioning at. Mm-hmm. And this is the part we may need your help on. Mm-hmm. Because you know the current people that's coming up in the society, man, where you can change their minds. True. Because it's only so long they're gonna listen to my old ass. Yeah. <laughs> go figure, right? I, I looked up this quote to go along with what we just said, and it's by Frederick Douglass. And it says, it is easier to build strong children than to repair a broken man. Man. So that goes along with that, the next generation the right way. That is where we will end. <laughs> because that is like the summation yeah. of this entire discussion <laughs> right there. It is much. Oh, man. Okay. Yep. That's a good way to end Black History Month. Right? That is the best <laughs> blackest way to end Black History Month. With that being noted and said, we hope you all. You got a good second half of Black History Month in the in the works there. Yeah. Um, remember, Black History is three sixty five because it's part of everyday history. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that our contributions are recognized twenty eight, sometimes twenty nine days out of the year. Yeah. So, with that being said, anything before we cut these lights out, man? Uh, stay warm, man. <laughs> Oh, God. Please stay warm. Yeah. It's cold in the D. Yeah. Don't play that damn song, though. <laughs> <sighs> that song's trash. Do your, um, because I know we're about to go into springtime, probably like, what, two or three weeks away. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, do your gold check-ins for the first Oh, yeah. Quarter. Best believe we're about to get into these gold check-ins real soon. Yeah. We just, we had a time today, but mm-hmm. I've been out here, bro. Okay. I, I've been out here. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Make <laughs> sure y'all check in. I've been doing a little bit. Yeah, you yeah. you be on some late night crazy <laughs> shit. I don't know what's wrong with you. Like, hell, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, things are definitely coming along and we're just gonna keep this ball rolling. And on our next episode we will give you some gems about where we're gonna be at in the month of March, maybe April. Yep. All that good stuff. So mm-hmm. that being said. We love you guys. Stay up. And...